On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I discuss the player of the month. That is Joel Embiid. He breaks the franchise record. What it means, of course, for him and the team and also getting ready for the Indiana Pacers tonight. We dive into it all next right here. Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. What's up, D? What's happening, man? Midweek already. Look at that. Get here yeah, so fast. Man, really. How about I know that? It did. It did. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody. Welcome to Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia. Alongside my co-host and partner, Keith Pompey of TheInquirer.com, we thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Now, remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube at Locked On 76ers. Keith, breaking the tie with Allen Iverson is Joel Embiid picking up yet another Player of the Month award. We'll talk about that. We'll get into a little number thing that you have a uh, little, you know, done some research on when it comes to the Sixers and their turnovers and what their record is with it. Hey, man, when we do our keys to the game, a lot of times, you know, one of the things that I always say, protect the basketball. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a bit and also give our keys to the game a little bit later. Maybe some turnovers will be in there, but more player matchups uh, to keep an eye on tonight against the Indiana Pacers, who are playing some pretty good basketball at this time. But Keith, for the uh, fifth time in his career, uh, player of the month for Joel Embiid, and for the month he averaged uh, right around 35 points a game. He was ripping up the league, as we know. The Sixers had a 9-5 and five record during that time. And I'm not surprised here, uh, really, uh, where, where, where it went for him with the player of the month, just to give the numbers. 35 points for the month, 545 shooting from the floor. So we'll just say he shot 40, 54%, 42% from three-point range, and he has not been hoisting up a lot. He's just making the ones that he does take. So he's been really careful of, of shooting threes and making sure that he's taking good shots, not just taking three-pointers, just to take them. Total points, 460, 129 total rebounds, and 23 blocks on the month in the nine and four record that the team had uh, for the month of December. Not surprised. The guy was playing some really good basketball. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's been playing great. Uh, he's been playing great since he's came back. You know, I mean, he had one game. I mean, look at it. He played what? Um, I think he played like 11 games or something like that in the late, you know, 13 games. And he, uh, 11 of them, he had 30 or more points. You know, he's just been dominating. The one game that he had 16 points, you say, what's wrong with him? But he had a triple-double. Uh, and it, it looked like that game, we're talking about OK Oklahoma City on New Year's Eve. It looked like he just, you know, was like, hey, look, we're going to win this game. I'm going to take a back seat. I'm going to let Tobias Harris, you know, lead us to victory. And I'm just going to grab rebounds, get assists, do all the other things that I need to do. And then guess what? Get home, get on this flight, you know, see my see my son, you know, see my fiance and just chill. Uh, but 
outside of that, like, you know, Joel has been dominant. He's been the, the most dominant player that you can say um, in the league this season. And, and that says a lot when you look at all the numbers that people are putting up this season and all the scoring that's going on. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, he's a center and he's he doesn't have the ball in his hand as much as these other guys do, but he's still able to put up these numbers. And it's impressive because you look at all the 76ers greats and all the Hall of Famers that they've had, and this is a award that he owns by himself. He was tied with Allen Iverson. But right now I think it's really impressive to say that, you know, this is Joel Embiid. He has something by himself. And it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. He has more seasons to play. And I think he'll continue to play at a high level. Yeah. And even when you look at what he's been able to do and you talk about all the attention that he gets on the defensive end as the best player on the team, to be able to put up those types of numbers for a month and even for a year. I mean, the guy, he's not at the top of the NBA right now in points per, per game score because Luca went off of that 60, 61, whatever, 60 points uh, per a game. And then he had another one, another 40, 50 point game, just like Embiid has, but uh, he's doing it right now, right now to surpass Embiid. I wouldn't be surprised if Embiid erupts one more time and maybe two more times and boosts that number once again to put him back in the top spot for the scoring title in, in the NBA. So, yeah, he's just playing at a really high level right now, and we've seen his game grow uh, for a time there. We knew he would be really good, of course, making the all-star team right away, and this is going to be his sixth consecutive all-star when he gets in there this year. But uh, the fact that we've seen it, the way he scores, the maturation of his game and how he has scored, the diversity of how he does it is really something – to cool to see now of course when we always talk about it uh, where he really is going to be looked at and talked about in terms of his values once he makes a deeper run into the postseason and maybe into the nba finals with the sixers then that's that's going to something that really uh put on his resume that really should stand out for him his teammates and so on but for right now for what we are focused on and discussing with him those points and the, the award once again yeah, it's it's really good. And once again, man, they're winning when he does score. So nine and four in a month, 35 points a game, just terrorizing the league right now. And let's see if he can continue that tonight against Miles Turner, that front court of the Indiana Pacers as they come into town at four seven o'clock game tonight. When we do that, Keith, on the other side, we'll talk about something else that you have uh, unearthed and looked at some of the numbers. We speak about the turnovers all the time. And, and now we talk about the turnovers in terms of numbers and where their win-loss percentage is based on what they do when they turn the ball over at a high rate or a very low rate. Let's see if they turn the ball over at a low rate tonight against the Pacers. We'll discuss it next right here, Locked On 76ers. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, click on the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, Keith. Oftentimes when we do keys to the game, people who have listened and they're probably like, Devon, why are you always saying keys to the game? Protect the basketball. Well, we know value, value the basketball. You get extra possessions. It gives you a better chance of winning with the extra possessions. You can't be a minus 12 in field goal attempts because you turn the basketball over 19 times to the 10 of your opponent. And that's one thing that I, I like to always point out in turning the basketball over is too many times. Now, while they are eight games over 500, they've gotten away with it. You have some numbers that are very interesting when talking about the turnovers and the wins and losses. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you look at the 76ers, right? Right now, the 76ers are 14 and six when they've, um, when committing 14 or fewer turnovers in a game, right? Mm-hmm. They're eight and eight when that, when that number hits 15 or more. Um, the funny thing is not funny thing, but, um, and the fun, the crazy part is when they when they uh, have eighteen or more turnovers, they are two and four. Now, the thing is, the Sixers um, are kind of like a middle of the road team when it comes to turn or turning the ball over. Like they sit at eleventh um, with fourteen point three per game, while the Dallas Mavericks average the fewest turnovers at twelve point three. The league average is fourteen point seven. So when you look at it, you say to yourself, you know, if they average about what they the league average, you know, they're they're going to be pretty good. But there are times that we know where the 76ers go on and they just have a lot of them. The mm-hmm. bad part about this, and I get it, is like Joel Embiid is is a turnover machine, and a lot of it has to do with you know him being a big controlling the ball, but he leads the league at 3.9 turnovers, right? He's number one. And then you look at a guy like James Harden, who he hasn't played in enough games for his stats to count. Um, he's only played in 56 or 58% of the games now. In order for you to your stats to count, you have to pay in 70% of your team's games. But if they did count, his 3.7 turnovers would, would, would be fifth in the league. <laughs> so, you know, you look at that and you say to yourself, you're like, you know, we got both of our their two best players who are turnover machines. And and the correlation is when they have a lot of turnovers, the Sixers typically lose the game. So, you know, it is one of those things where, you know, they need to uh, clean up. But but at the same time, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it how it goes. I, I'd be curious. Um, I haven't looked at the list, uh, but when you play. 30 plus minutes a game or or higher and you possess the basketball as much as these players do that are the best players on the team, they're going to have turnovers in the game somewhere upwards of two, uh, close to three. And as you mentioned with Embiid and and Harden, and yeah, it really stands out. There are way too many from those two in games. And when we see it and we talk about those high turnover numbers for the team overall, when we look at it in the box score, we'll see the big time numbers that they put up in points, assists and rebounds. And then we'll also say, oh, by the way, they had a high turnover night of seven or five in the game. They got lucky and were able to walk away with the win. But it's something that they continue to need to be able to clean up. And too many times, both of them, where it's just 
at this stage of their careers, they're just silly turnovers. A lot of them are unforced and they're just doing too much where Embiid will bring the ball down too many times, knowing that when he's down low, he can't do that. He can't bring the ball down the way that he does and allow the defense to swipe at the basketball because as strong as he is, you're playing 37 minutes. The, the you know Just the matter of the nature of the number of minutes that you're playing, you're going to cough the ball up. So you have to be a little more protective of the basketball and being smart and not turning the ball over that way or dribbling into traffic or trying to make the cross-court pass. Simple things that will help lead to good plays for you if you do those simple plays and not trying to make those spectacular plays. And for James Harden, yeah, it's just sometimes it's too many dribbles and he's dribbling into traffic and he coughs the ball up. Or same thing, where as great a passer as he is, he'll get too slick sometimes and then they're going the other way. So veteran players that should protect the basketball a lot better. You just laid out that record of what they have when they have, what, 14, you said, and or fewer. And yeah. that, would, that would be right there. That's your recipe for success to go in there and make sure that you value the basketball each possession and not give the other team an opportunity to get the extra possession. But not just that, since a lot of them are live ball turnovers, you're getting extra, you're getting open floor, transition bucket, fast break points for the opponent versus you. And oftentimes that's an odd number that you're facing defensively. And it goes in the favor of the team that just, you know, collected the steal and that turnover to go the other way. So, yeah, they got to protect the basketball. It doesn't change tonight. That team in 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 Indiana, they they play as a young team. They play very smart. Rick Carlisle is a very good coach, as we know, and they like to run. They like to get out and transition. They have that with these quick shooting guys and Tyrese Halliburton leading the league in assists and Buddy Hill shooting the basketball the way that he does. Ben Matherin, the rookie coming off the bench, scoring. They have stuff. You got to be able to protect the basketball because they will take advantage of those opportunities. We'll get into them next. Let me say this one thing. This is one thing about James before we get into that. See, you look, you, you asked about like, you know, ball handling and stuff like that. The average turnovers for an NBA point guard is 1.7 a game. So he's averaging, you know what I mean? He's way above that. Huh? Yeah, he's way. Yeah, he's yeah he's way above that and and but you are right. A lot of times when you think of the correlation, like you look at a guy like Luka Doncic, he averages a lot of turnovers too. But he's also a ball dominant type of guy, right? But but the thing is 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 one of, and Harden has always been one of those guys who turn the ball over a lot. But right now, when you look at it, the average is one point seven for an NBA point guard. And his is 3.7. So they, I just wanted to put that out there so people can know, you know, what the, a comparison is. So yep. there we go. Guess what? Too many. Yeah. <laughs> Too many. Too many. All right. On the other side, we'll break down the Sixers and the Pacers. Talk about what the Sixers need to do to pick up their third win in a row and their 16th win at home at the center. We'll do that next right here at Locked On 76ers.
Welcome back, Locked On 76ers. That's Keith Pompey. I'm Devon Givens. All right, Keith, coming into tonight's game, the Sixers are eight games over 500 with a 22 and 14 record. The Indiana Pacers right behind them in the sixth seed in the East with a 21 17 record. So the Sixers are two games up uh, in the standings. They have won two in a row. The Indiana Pacers have won four games in a row. Their uh, Sixers are eight and 10 in there, eight for 10. Eight for 10. Eight of eight and two in their last ten. They won eight of their last ten games, and they are one game back of the Cleveland Cavaliers for for number four in the standings. So, man, when uh, we look at things here, and you know, there's a slew of games tonight, including Cleveland plays tonight. So, there's a chance that the Sixers could end up with a uh, an even record if they win and the Cleveland Cavaliers lose, that they'll be tied. Brooklyn also is playing this evening going against Chicago. They're going for their 13th win in a row. But as far as these two teams go, um, what are you looking at when you check this one out? Some keys to the game, of course, some matchups that you're looking forward to. I mean, more so than, you know, the keys to the game. I mean, I'm looking more at the matchup. I mean, I'm looking at Halliburton going and, and, and the point guard play between Halliburton and, uh, and James Harden. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be one of those things where Harden is going to guard Halliburton. You know what I mean? I, I think that that's something that you're going to want. Maybe DeAnthony Melton on him, you know, or who knows? You may have him on Buddy Hill, but I think that's Halliburton. That, yeah. yeah, but the thing about Halliburton is I look at him, like I hate to say it, he's the head of the snake. As good as Buddy Hill is, Halliburton. Oh, there's no yeah. hate that. That's just what it is. No. No, yeah, but what, what, yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, if I had to guard, put my best defender on somebody, like, I think it might be Halliburton, just because if he gets out and like we saw what he did against the Sixers a couple years ago, right? And the thing is, if he gets out there and he gets cooking, you know, he's the one he can score points, but he's also going to distribute the rock, you know, this and that. So I really would like to see what he and just comparison to him and Harden. I mean, let's face it, you know, both of these guys are worthy of making the all-star team. I think Halliburton is going to make it just because of the strength of his leading the league and assists. But Harden is like, yo, you that old head and you got this young guy coming in and you want to show that you still the man, even though you average 11 assists a game, you know, you want to show that. And the second one, if it was one, it's just a center matchup. Now, you know, Joel is going up against a, a shot blocker. In the past, it was always one of those things where people always felt like, you know, this guy has some success against Joel. The last couple of games, it really hasn't been that way, you know, that they played. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's been a little one-sided. But at the same time, it's something that you want to see. But to me, it's that Halliburton, it's that point guard matchup is the one I really want to see. I could see Dan Burke going the other way to, to your point, having Harden still on Tyrese Halliburton while he was running the offense and having, because of the volume of shots that Buddy Hill may get off of those actions that they run to get him free looks behind a three point line where they might lean more towards having DeAnthony Melton chasing around Buddy Hill versus trying to slow down. Tyrese Halliburton, see where it goes and then make a decision on on how they did, how they do it. I could see it going either way. So um, but you, you, first of all, you're absolutely right, because generally I would say 
yeah, have DeAnthony Melton on that particular point guard to slow him down. But with the shooting of Buddy Hill, I would, I wonder, I just wonder if they at least start him off that way. And then maybe they just picks come easy switch right away. Not a big problem. You, you take whoever's available. The guy's averaging double six, double figure assists in Halliburton. He's doing a tremendous job. What is this year number three of leading a team that Keith, we were talking about that's supposed to be again a lottery team. And while they are probably going to be a lottery team, um, maybe, maybe they have more of the looks right now of last season's Keith Cleveland Cavaliers. And remember, Cleveland jumped up in there early, and we were like, What's happening here? <laughs> this is a little bit too early. And then eventually they suffered too many injuries, like um Ricky Rubio towards ACL and Kevin Love went down with some injuries and right. Uh, Jared Allen would miss a couple of games. Same thing with Evan Mobley. Darius Garland would miss those games, but they were mm-hmm. still able to, they were still able to hang in there and stay afloat. Uh, but even with them staying afloat, they eventually started to fall down in the end and the, the, the cream rises, rises to the crop once the playoffs seedings in the end of the campaign is really there. So they're playing in the play in tournament right now. New York, Miami, Chicago, uh, Toronto, all those teams that we have to keep an eye on, Atlanta, are behind the paces. But right now, I mean, you got to give credit to Rick Carlisle for what he has done with this team this season. And Tyrese Halliburton, I agree with you. Uh, no matter what Wally Zerbiak had to say, he is going to be an all-star this year for the first time. And uh, he's been playing. I like watching him play. I really enjoy watching him play. You, you talked about it when he was with the Kings before that trade deadline and he dropped what like 38 39 on the Sixers that 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 evening and he was lighting them up and that had a lot of Sixer fans wondering should we trade for this guy <laughs> and, and we know where they went I don't think many people are too too upset with getting James Harden but of course the topic of Tyrese Halliburton and that trade for Ben Simmons is one that may be looked at for a while. Uh, my key, uh, I can't go away from anything that you said, so I'll go in a different direction. How they defend Ben Matherin when he comes off the bench, tremendous score, young guy, but they're using him in that role as a bench player right now. He'll be a starter at some point in his career, but right now as a rookie coming off the bench, physical player, super athletic, can get up and down the floor, very fast and while they held them in check pretty much that first time that first game when the Sixers were 0 and 3 on the season their first win came against the Pacers in game number four of the year um, they helped Ben Matherin down pretty much let's see what they do tonight as he is now 30 games into his career and he he understands the NBA game a little bit more so I'm, I'm very curious to see how that one goes and don't forget about Andrew Nemhart, who has been starting for them the rookie from Gonzaga who plays the guard slash wing position. He's had some big games. He's started now for this basketball team. Different mix of players that they have. They have an intriguing lineup. I, I like what Rick Carlisle's done. I like this team, uh, but I do expect the Sixers to win their 11th consecutive home game and improve to 23 and 14 tonight. Gonna be a tough one. And Indiana's a tough out, but uh, those that's what I think is gonna happen. I think they win and those are the keys to the game. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Who, who do you who do you have guarding uh, that dude Nimhard? Who you think they have to? Uh, I would probably say, I would probably say Tobias will run around with him a little bit, even though he's not the biggest player. He's like six four. Uh, I would probably say that that's where I would lean uh, for 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 them tonight. And, I mean, he can't go off. He's had um, 
he's had a he's had big games. And if you remember the one shot, remember he hit the shot against the Lakers. I'm not sure if you remember that one, but he hit the shot against the Lakers to give them the the win on the road in L.A. And then following that one, he had another big game as well. So uh, Aaron Neesmith uh, maybe is also the, you know the one that they got from the, sh- the wing player that they got from Boston that trade from Malcolm Brogdon. Um, that is also one. So Nimhard maybe maybe they'll go more PJ Tucker on Aaron on Aaron Neesmith, Nimhard, and and again, just go back and forth. Guys, let's just swap these guys out. It's not a big deal. Cross-match, just everybody even switch. They're basically a small team with Miles Turner. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. I like what they're doing. I like what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. It should be exciting. Should be. All right, it's game two of their homestand. Three games. Chicago will be on Friday before they go on the road Sunday to take on the Detroit Pistons. Thanks for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. Uh, On our next episode, we'll break down the game tonight, Indiana and the Sixers. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA. We're Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the league every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Keith, can you let the good folks know where they can find us? Like my man D just said, wherever you get your podcast, you can get this podcast too um, on on uh, Locked On 76ers. Now, also what you can do is when you go to the YouTube channel, click on the Liberty Bell and you become a subscriber and you get the latest um, you know, updates whenever we release our podcast. Secondly, what you need to do is you need to listen on man D tonight from 6 to midnight on uh, 97.5 FM. 6 to midnight on 97.5 FM. You can also follow him on Twitter at DivineG975. You can follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. You can also you can also read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer um, at um, at excuse me, I'm talking about at Philadelphia Inquirer, but just read my stuff at Philadelphia Inquirer at Inquirer.com. So that's what you can do, folks. Absolutely. Folks, we'll talk to you tomorrow after the Sixers and Pacers. Hopefully they put on a good show in South Philadelphia to pick up with yet another win. Keith, thanks as always, man. Appreciate it. We'll be reading you on the inquire.com, following your tweets and your updates before the game. Who's in, who's out, who may not be in, who may not be out, and what's going on during the game as well. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Peace, bro. All right.